Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are so excited you can join us today and take a little time out of your day to jump into God's Word, and we are blessed that you've uh, chosen us to uh, spend that time with. And also, just a reminder, if this is your first time listening to Shouts of Grace, we want to let you know that we have about 115 or so episodes, past episodes, that you can tap into from a whole host of subjects dealing with certain Scripture, dealing with... um, you know, just worldview points that we that we filter through God's Word, and you can access those by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com. Um, and if you're a return listener, we want to thank you for your support. And I'm excited because today I have a, a good friend of mine um, who, who we have um, on the phone, and his name is uh, Justin Alfred, and he is um, just a, a huge blessing, a big Southern man that that gets his South on. <laughs> he's a he's. I want to get this right. He's a Mississippi State football fan, not an old Miss fan, and um, and we're just blessed to have him. Justin, welcome, my brother. How are you, brother Steve? It's an honor and a blessing and a privilege to be on with you. Thank you so much for letting me uh, share with you guys today. Oh, no worries. Our, ours ours is the ours is the blessing. So. Um, what I want to do today, Justin, is you know, you, you you and I have a lot of different talks, uh, oftentimes over the last several years, just about about conservatism and, and conservative thought and, and and so forth. And you and I are living in a day and age, um, certainly politically, that that we would see um, just this this massive move and gravitation towards what would be the antithesis of that, and this whole idea of social justice and different things, and and really a pervasive ideology that's kind of not just in the world, but sadly infiltrating the church and, and really dragging the church into the plight of the world, and that is super sad. You know, we, we, we read in First John chapter 5 that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, and when that sway and that influence makes its way into the doors of, of the church, man, only bad things can happen. And so what I want to do today in this discussion is, is I want to jump in to Isaiah 59, and, and I want to get your thoughts on this and then kind of relate that to, our, to what's happening around us today. Um, in Isaiah 59, Justin, there's, you know, we, we often quote uh, ver- verse 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that he cannot save, nor his ear dull that he cannot hear, but your iniquities have uh, made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he doesn't hear you. And and we look at that as kind of an individual application, and certainly it is, but the setting here, the context is Israel's national sin. They have corporately adopted sin as a lifestyle and behavior, and he goes on, and it's interesting. He talks about your feet in verse 7. He'll say, your feet have run to evil. They're swift to shed innocent blood. Um, their thoughts of iniquity. And then he starts going down this road. You know, we talk about justice, and he says this um, in verse 8. The way of peace you don't know, and there is no justice in their paths. They have made their roads, they have made their roads crooked. No one who treads on them knows peace. Therefore, 
justice is far from you and righteousness does not overtake you. We hope for light and behold darkness um, and for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope like those who have no eyes. We're blind. We stumble at noonday. In verse 11, we're growling like bears at each other. We're moaning like doves. Hope for justice, but there is no justice. He'll go down in verse 14. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth has stumbled in the public square. The uprightness cannot enter. Truth Uh. is lacking, and he who departs from evil actually makes him safe, self a prey. The Lord saw it, it displeased him, and there was no justice. Justin, we hear a lot about this today where people want justice, and, and I want justice. Christians should want justice. But here what we see is the national sin, the corporate sway towards sin of the nation of Israel, the byproduct is there's no justice. You're not going to get justice when you depart from the living God and you actually stumble in the public arena with your sin. Justin, talk about you. You have been alive for a while. Talk about this idea that you've this sway, this change you've seen in the ideology of this nation, because God does care about the sins of a nation, not just the sins of an individual. Well, Steve, I tell you what, that's, uh, as you were reading through Isaiah 59, 1 through 15, quite frankly, it was like reading the newspaper or seeing, mm-hmm. watching, I watched Fox News, watching Fox News and seeing all this stuff uh, come about, and it's, it's a picture of that. Here's what I will say to people, and I'll be more than happy to share the direction that God has given me to pray over the years. Uh, And this started, oh gosh, I can't even remember how long ago it started, but uh, as I started seeing everything that was going on, and and this was not a purposeful thing, I I didn't say, okay, I want to go to the scripture and I want to find stuff that support what I'm doing and believing and this, that, and the other. Uh, That wasn't the way it happened, but it happened sovereignly that God led me in this area of prayer. And as I was going through uh, these areas, I'm, I'm going to share this with your people. Number one was in the book of Psalms. And if you if y'all have your Bibles, you can turn there with me real quick. But uh, Psalm chapter f- uh, four, oh, excuse me, Psalm chapter five, my, my ignorance, uh, beginning in verse 4, and actually I'm, I'm reading 4 through 10, and this is this is very significant here as we read this. Now I'm reading from the New American Standard, so it may be a little bit different from the King, New King James, but it's the same absolute solid word here. For thou art not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells with thee. The boastful, listen, the boastful shall not stand before thine eyes. Thou dost hate all who do iniquity. And that phrase there, all who are doing iniquity, and this is very, very important. We we need to understand this, okay? Uh, And I'm not going to get into the language, you know, all the minutiae of that, but what that literally means all who are continually practicing iniquity. What is the significance of that? 
there's not one of us here that doesn't sin. Have you? Did you sin yesterday doing something, Steve? Uh, just right now. <laughs> <laughs> but this is talking about a lifestyle, and this is uh, you see this in the Epistle of First John. You see it here. It's talking about a lifestyle of rejecting God, rejecting His righteousness going about establishing your own self-deified, corrupted, depraved righteousness where you are your own God. It's a rejection of of the truth of God. You're making up your own morals. I always like to go to this passage. Uh, if if you guys have your Bibles there, I think it, it might be helpful. But to go to the book of Genesis and the sin that uh, where Satan came through the serpent to Eve and tempted her. And as I've looked at this over the years, I, I personally, this is just for me now, what I've seen is that this, what she did has genetically been inherited by all of us. I look at it as the root of our natural corrupted nature. Mm. So chapter three, I'll I'll just read it real quick. The serpent was more, beginning in verse one, more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it lest you die. Now, I firmly believe Adam added that touch it because he didn't want to get close to it. Now, notice here, if you look in your Bible, it says the serpent said to the woman, you surely shall not die. Uh, In your Bible there, Brother Steve, do you see an exclamation point there at the end of that sentence? Yeah. All right. I want you to turn now, if you would, back over here to Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And I'm going to ask you just to read that out of your New King James, please. Well, I have the ESV, brother. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Well, let me read it out of the NASB. Okay. Then the Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, in there, all you see is just surely, right? You see that adverb right. surely, right? You don't see any exclamation point, do you? Right. It should be there because it's the same exact uh, grammatical syntactical setup there as it is over here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. God says, if you do this, you will, and I'm not going to do it. It's what's called an infinitive absolute in Hebrew. You will die to to die. You will die. And this is what I saw, Steve. I saw this when I was in graduate school and, and at UCLA. We had some believers in there, but we had a lot of people that weren't. And we would always get in debates on stuff like this. And one day this thing came up. And as I saw this, God just opened my eyes. I said, oh, my lens. I said, God gave an emphatic statement about you will die if you do this. Satan comes along, gives with the equal emphasis. No, you won't die. Go ahead. Hmm. Is that incredible hmm. or what? Yeah. Now, yeah. Not, not only that. He goes on to say, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's the apex of the lie. Right. That is the apex of the lie. Hmm. You will become your own God. Hmm. 
you will then begin to establish your own morality, calling good evil and evil good. Is that incredible or what? And and now that's what you, you see playing out in our society right oh, now. Totally, it's it's totally. every every man's doing what's right in his own eye because he's he's Jeez. he's actually grabbing on to what is natural in him because of what just happened here. And he's and he's he's living out you know, a life apart from God. And here's what I find interesting. And I want to talk a little bit of more, a little bit more about this on the other side of the break, Justin, is, is when we talk about, you know, individual sin, right? The, the scripture says the soul that sins will die. So there's absolutely culpability individually for a sinner, but when you get a group of sinners together and they sin corporately, and we call that a culture or a nation, God holds nations responsible for rebellion against the God of all eternity. And so what, what I see happening in our society today is something very interesting. We are not paying attention to what has happened in the past, and I want to talk about this on the other side of the break, that God is no respecter of persons. If he will take the nation he created to show grace and glory to the world, and he will judge them affirmatively for their rebellion against him, who are we to think that because we fly red, red, white, and blue flags and we're proud Americans that somehow God isn't going to do the same to us or any nation for that matter? that turns its back on him. I want to talk more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We will be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. I am on the phone with a friend of mine, uh, Justin Alfred. Um, dear friend, um, uh, a Hebrew scholar, a Greek scholar. In fact, if you have the Blue Letter Bible, the online uh, Bible program, and you go and you click on uh, to the interlinear Bible, and there's a little microphone that you can hear the word pronounced in Greek, you will hear, or Hebrew, you will hear Justin's voice. And so, uh, Justin, thanks for being on on the program. Um, before the break, Justin, we we're talking about this idea of, of when of when a nation grabs onto sin, and I want to I want to get your thoughts because in in Lamentations, we know Lamentations to be the uh, uh, five poems written by Jeremiah the weeping prophet as he walks through the destruction of his of of his homeland of his city of of of, of Israel as Nebuchadnezzar lays waste to it but here's the sad thing just moments before that if you will um while the city's being besieged and burning God comes to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 32 and he says something interesting he says this city has provoked me to anger from the day that it was made these people have not stopped testing me and so therefore they're going to be brought into judgment and then he places the blame very interesting in Jeremiah 32:32 he says this judgment's coming because of all the evil the children of Israel have done, of all of the evil their kings and officials, their politicians have done, and their priests and their prophets. He puts the blame on the people for accepting sin corporately. He puts the blame on their politicians for promoting sin, and he puts the blame on the pulpits for not stopping it. Justin, is that not where we're living at today? Brother, you hit the you hit the nail on the unadulterated epicenter. That is exactly <laughs> where we are, and and I will tell you this: as uh, as 
we go through this. And I, if it's okay, if we can go back to Psalm 5 there, because yeah. I want to finish that up. But this, what you read in Isaiah 59 and what you just read here in, I, in Jeremiah 32, uh, this is a picture. See, as I'm sitting here reading this, both in Isaiah 59 and Jeremiah 32, this passage, it is exactly like just reading the newspaper or watching the news. Mm. This is what we're seeing happen. Now, let me just say something. You're talking about equal justice. I believe also what's needed to be talked about is equal responsibility. Mm. Because what we see today, Steve, with so many of these tragic young millennials, and we, we see the riots, is people who think the world owes them a living. Now, I'm going to tell you what, what has been so exciting for me is to hear and watch uh, committed Christian black leaders in all venues of our society come up and speak out against this uh, yeah. Black Lives Matter. Because it's not that has nothing to George Floyd's murder, and, and tragically, George Floyd had a very, uh, a very, uh, oh, how should I say it? His background was not the best in the world. He right. had some serious issues in his own life. But that police officer staying on his neck for almost ten minutes yeah. is no justification for that whatsoever. That was pure and adulterated murder. All of us who see that, but what people have done, they've taken that use that as a cover to promote Marxist ideology and also sexual perversion of every type. I just heard the other day this young black girl coming up and saying, we want equal racial justice and also for the LGBTQ. I said, what in the world did that have to do with George Floyd's death? Right. Nothing. Not a thing. So what you're reading here, and we're seeing this, we're seeing this in the churches as well. And especially where you're seeing this is in connection with same-sex marriage. You're seeing churches embrace this sexual perversion. And here's the other thing I would say with regard to that. Every culture, you go back to the ancient Near East, you read it, you see that all of these cultures had their religions, they had their priests, their theologies, and all of them embraced to one degree or another, sexual perversion of every type. The point I'm making is this, is that when you see that, what you see, and you go back, and I would encourage people to go back and read Leviticus chapter 18. This is God speaking to Moses, telling what's going to be taking place, taking the people out of Egypt, but he's describing what's out there, not just in Egypt, but what covered the entire ancient Near East. And so when you read that Leviticus 18, and it's too much to read right now, but it covers every form of sexual perversion you can imagine. Yeah. And basically the, the word says this is what is, is throughout the whole area there. Uh, hmm. Let me just see if I can find one aspect of it here. There's just so much in there. But anyway, the point being, it covers everything from pedophilia to incest to adults, what we'd call normal sexual sin, right. to bestiality, to every aspect of it. And so when you see a culture degenerate into that, what you see is this amplification of self-deification from my perspective. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I'll tell you this, you know, I, I you know, obviously I, I love my country. Obviously, you know, I, I feel like, man, this is a, this, this is, this isn't an experiment. This is just a great thing. And, and we've been able to live and worship freely, but at the same time, I, I see 
always if, if if you look for a societal problem in the wrong place you're not going to find the solution right and i think what's happened is people want to change laws they want to defund this they want to do all these things but the problem mark 7 jesus says is the heart it's out of the heart of man that totally, proceed totally. wicked thoughts and all these things and so what you find is is this society that going back to Isaiah 59, that wants justice, but here's what they really want, Justin. It seems like the world wants to live apart from God, but the benefits that come with a relationship with God, that when a nation, when a nation turns towards God, one of the byproducts of that is they get justice. They, they, they become a people who individually own their own sin and are responsible, so corporately wow. they do that. But what we want is we want the best of both worlds. We want the justice which comes from God and, and having a relationship with him, but we want to self-deify and do whatever we want to do. And that's just inconsistent with the reality of Scripture. And so what I want to do is in the last couple minutes, I want to throw this out to you, and then I want you to respond at what the future of this country could possibly be. In Jeremiah 18, God says something interesting. In verse 7, he says, If there is ever a time I declare concerning a nation and a kingdom that I will pluck up and break it down and destroy it, if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. Then he goes on to say, And if I decide to plant a nation, if they do evil in my sight, I will relent of the good that I thought to do to them. Justin, there's always hope and repentance. In the last couple minutes, talk about the need for individual repentance, what it looks like, and national repentance. I'll be honored to. Here's the deal. I use two examples. I use David and Saul. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, David and Saul. When King Saul took over, basically God dealt with him, drew him as close as he possibly could, to himself, and yet he never fully surrendered to the lordship of God in his life. He rejected it. He was jealous. He sought all kinds of things. He tried to kill David at the end of his life. And not only that, he never owned his sin, never owned it. He always blamed other people, other groups, all this. Kind of, you see this throughout. That's right. David comes, David comes to a saving faith in the Lord. He follows the Lord. David sins greatly. But when Nathan went and confronted David, David repented. He owned his sin, and God blessed him. In fact, I'm going to read this back here in 1 Kings uh, chapter uh, 15 here really quick here. Okay, verse 14, it's chapter 15. Here it is. It says, because for, but this one guy that followed after after uh, Abijam, he was not following God. It says, but for David's sake, the Lord God gave gave him a lamp in Jerusalem to raise up his son after him to establish Jerusalem because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. The difference is, and you look at that on, but he came broken before God, confessing his sin, Amen. repenting and read Psalm 51. Everybody that is the foundation of where we all need to be as believers today Amen. in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And with that, we are running out of time quickly. Um, I just want to say this to our listeners. Um, you know, th there's a sway in the last days. There's there's certain things 
Um, one of the things that runs rampant is deception, deception um, and people believing a lie. And it's embodied and packaged in a lot of different ways. Um, you need to put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He will never lie to you. He will never mislead you. He will never deceive you. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shouts of Grace, and we can't wait to spend um, some more time with you next time. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.